Napa know-how. Every car on the road today deserves quality parts and Napa know-how, but none more than your dream car, especially if you've got it 10 years after it came out. Boy, did your patience pay off, because here you are toting your swagger about town like the gentleman motorist you are at a fraction of the cost. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your dream car running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And now, here's Jerry Springer. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Where, uh, Megan, we're... Last week, after we finished the podcast, we went to where, we where went were to the we? Taft. We went down to the Taft, and we saw. But it was like in the basement. It was there. in the basement. Yeah, it was in the smaller ballroom, and we saw Spirit Family reunion, and they were amazing. What did you think, Gene? I love them, and let's uh, help them by sort of describing where they're from. They're from uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, yep. and you grew up in Queens. So they were, did you know those guys back when you were in school? Or? <laughs> Keep in mind, these guys were like 25 Maybe at Maybe you knew their grandparents? <laughs> they were. <laughs> My great, great, great grandkids might know them. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, they knocked my socks off. The energy that they had on stage was incredible. In fact, they had, and Jerry, as I was listening to them, and I don't know if you thought the same thing, but in the 60s when you and I, we were both in folk groups. I was in a folk yes. trio, you were in a folk duo. You played at Mahogany Hall and Mount Adams and neighborhood of Cincinnati, made some money doing it. And, uh, tips. And tips. Tips. Is that, right. he had to, that he had to give back at the end yeah, of the night. Best, yeah, probably. <laughs> the best tip I got was try something else. <laughs> that, that was I kind of knew that was coming, you know, as soon yeah. as you said yeah. it. But we, uh, the groups were stand-up basses, guitars, uh, claw hammer banjo, a mandolin, etc. And sure enough, there was a claw hammer banjo. There is yeah. in Spirit Family Reunion. A fierce, uh, petite young woman. Maggie. Who was just killing oh, it. Maggie. she was crushing it. Uh, yeah. And they had uh, washboard and stand up bass, guitar, dobro guitar. Mm-hmm. So instruments that we knew from back in the day, but yet their their performance and the the content I, of, of the music was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's you know, now admittedly, generationally, I'm kind of lost. I mean, there was no one within 50 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was 10 years older than everybody in that room. So yeah. you guys kind of so stood I out was, a Megan, is you, <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean? What, what? As, I mean you, it, as you watch, because... Uh, there were no chairs. There were no chairs. <laughs> it's a concert, Jerry. It's, it's a concert. Well, well, do normally if I go it's to a concert, I get, do I get like seat row two? Everyone's well, you would be row one, there, one bouncing and they're jumping. <laughs> And watching what, what him you, yeah. watch this show was probably the most entertaining part of the evening. Wait, was he doing like the hand jive kind or of, something? Kind of like doing this and his rocking back and forth thing. And then he was yeah. doing his fist pumping. It was, was great. Really <laughs> it. And when I broke into the twist, they were, they were excellent. They, they fit exactly he, what he we're He had doing. a voice like, I mean, I kind of felt like I was listening to Springsteen. And yeah. yet the message was more Bob Dylan. Yeah. He was very really? upbeat, very yeah. happy oh, message. Great. Yeah, great. And he was not bad to look at. I'll just throw that out there. Just saying. Oh. Yeah. So you now, now you're stalking Stop. him. Just you know, I have to have a hobby. Yeah. Gene. Yeah. I have to have a hobby. I have, hey, so- I, have socks I gotta tell age. you, Jerry. What? I watched uh, your TV show today. 
Why? I, I don't know. To be one. honest, I don't know. Because, <laughs> look, 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 look. Well, I, I don't have much of a life. I come where's down that here. buzzer? Yeah, where is that thing? <laughs> but I come down here, as you guys know, uh, on the Ludlow City bus. I drive a 1983 Plymouth Reliant. Long story short, is can't get parts for it. Is there a Ludlow City bus? There is. So I take it from my home down here. Mm-hmm. And I, it happened tonight. I get off the bus. You pull up in your Bentley. She's driving a, she's got her big girl job now. Megan used to be fun when she was like, you know, Maybe smoking a little weed and yeah. bartending and all that. Yeah. And now oh, no she's got fun. her big master's degree. So she comes in a, like an Acura luxury uh-huh. car. Let's and you be came honest. on a bus. But yeah, because my Is that where like a lot of people sit? Yeah. Yeah, you it's pay like a, a it's dollar. It's like and, a plane, but it's on it's on a road, so you can yeah. get more than one person. I know you only ride the plane of, with there one. There are a lot of people on the plane. Well, I guess I know. So. <laughs> not in your case. Never mind. Never mind. Wrong. Not, not on a golf stream. No, no one. I'm not on a golf stream. No, no, there's no it's one. It's obnoxious. A golf <laughs> well, stream. Sometimes Mickey comes uh, our, our with me. Our mutual friend Lewis, who's here tonight, who has like 15 planes. He's a. I think. Now I'm just saying. I think he's a billionaire. I think you're a millionaire. She's a thousandaire. I'm a hundredaire. I got a couple hundred <laughs> yeah. bucks in the bank. You probably have a few thousand bucks in the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and twelve dollars in your wallet. Well, yeah, um, but okay. I but saw. Anyway, so I watched so your TV show. Yeah. No, I watched your TV show. Oh, what? and I sat there after watching it. Now, now let's stop the joking because we joke some. But I looked at that TV show and I, I was a good one, came close. It? Well, yeah, that second guy, segment one guy was something. Guy, oh, that was great. He was messing with his wife's best friend, Honey Bun. And your best line was, oh, you don't call her an English muffin? And everybody goes crazy. But do you remember that episode? <laughs> they all run together no. to you, don't they? They all kind of run together. Here's what I don't <laughs> we had a, we, we had a, a, we, we had a young lady. We're going to talk about an important one now. That yeah. You, the one actually, where we had a young lady dance on a pole. Yes. And, the one? You had a one lady? <laughs> And, 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 you know, people complained about it, and I kind of saw it. So the next day, we had her dance on the Czechoslovakian. Now, see, Jerry. So, <laughs> I'm telling you. But I'm bumping. It was great. Let me throw and, down. And I, I got to tell, tell you, that was, tell you. that was a bumpier ride. <laughs> <laughs> Could I throw down a challenge to you right what? now in front of America? <laughs> Clean it up. Because we got to get some new material, Jerry. I've been hearing that. Let me throw down a challenge. That joke doesn't even make any sense because there's no Czechoslovakia anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. But you can't say Croatia? she danced on the Czech Republican. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who wants to dance on a Republican? Oh, man. No, I mean that in the kindest way. It wouldn't be fair to, to Republicans to be dancing on them. Let me make a challenge to you. Yes. First of all, David Pruce, our technical director yes. over there. Ambient Studios is here <laughs> for Ambient Studios. David. You could, could you not bring in a stand-up mic, correct? Yes. You could get a little wooden stool right next to it, correct? Absolutely. Put a bottle of water on it. Now we've got something like, welcome to the Ludlow Comedy Factory, right? (laughs) Yes. Here's the challenge, Jerry Springer. You didn't tell me. You and I come in. I'll open for you. Yeah. I'll do four minutes. (laughs) You do eight And we come in with material that will make these people laugh, and the judge will be that pickup right over there. Because if nobody's laughing, you got, and Megan would be like three minutes in, and he'll be done with his material. Completely. Keep it rolling. (laughs) Keep keep recording, right? Would you do that? I'll open for you, so I'll put some skin in the game. I'll come out and I'll say, you know what my wife's favorite wine is? What? I want to go to Miami. Now that's no! good. That's actually pretty good. I like that. Are you willing to do that? 
With the pledge, with the pledge, it's all new material. There's the I pledge. Would, I'll have to check my schedule. <laughs> yeah. I'll have my people call your yeah. people. I have he no people. He is your people. Um, my pe- I have people who know people, but I have no people. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. I'm his people. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Yeah. I'm his yeah, people. You're my, yeah, you're my I'm pool boy. I'm his pool boy. boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, just to wind this up, I saw your show, and I just kept thinking, that's wrong. What, what, I swear, what you're doing, Jerry, that is wrong. You don't morally see, contestable. You don't, that's wrong, it's Megan. Awful. You don't that's see the wrong. hope in that. No. Hey, remember one time I was driving you in a political parade, and some guy, he, when you were mayor or something in Cincinnati, and some guy ran up and said, "Hey, Springer." I like your style. And then a little bit later, because I was trying to figure out when you got rich, because when we started, neither of us was rich, and maybe we track it by the cars you had. What did you have, like a Studebaker Lark or something way back? That was my first car. And then you had a Fiat 850, I recall, Yeah, that's somewhere in there. It, it was beautiful, but it was like tin. You could, I mean, yeah. it was, it, yeah, you could And then up. there was a day, it was a, and here's how he said it, a Jaguar. I said, it's a Jaguar. No, no, it's a Jaguar. That's how he said it. It was very important to him that we said Jaguar. That's how you know it's, it's no, good. I that's said, how you, know. you are Jag. That's <laughs> yeah. what I said. <laughs> and then it became a Bentley. And now well, there's what a Maserati. What is about? Well, what if the IRS is listening? Because they're not. <laughs> oh my God, they don't know about any of those. <laughs> no, they think I live in Ludlow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let's what get serious. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what the hell does that mean? I live in Ludlow. Oh, wait a second, Gene. Does you live in Ludlow. <laughs> hey, if anybody's we hearing this, this, you've got to come. Yeah. To Ludlow, seriously, Ludlow, Kentucky yep. is such a cool place. Going through this wonderful Renaissance, and the Folk School Coffee Parlor is double cool. Yes, this it is. Place yes, is it is. Just so neat. We love this place. And they've been so kind to let us come in here every week yep. and yep. take up their space, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. They're this great. This is a larger airport. <laughs> yeah. <all right. laughs> hey, get serious for a minute. You have been, because okay. we've been friends for all these years, and you have been, and I don't know that listeners know this, a city council member in Cincinnati, the mayor of Cincinnati, major news anchor, and there is something going on in America that I frankly feel is disturbing, and I'm betting you do too, and we're talking about incidents that range from April 2001, Cincinnati, Ohio, Timothy Thomas, uh, shot dead in an alley in a place called Over the Rhine. Cincinnati exploded for a week. International news media came in and witnessed it. A similar thing has happened in Baltimore, Maryland. It's happened in Ferguson, Missouri. It's not an isolated incident, is it, Jerry? What in the heck is going on? How do you see it as an astute political analyst? And along the way, maybe, what thoughts do you have on what we can do about it? Well, there's an old saying about, you know, it, let's say in a marriage and, and husband and wife are arguing, you know, the thing you tell the husband is what your wife is yelling at you about is not what she's really angry about. And so don't get involved in the details of that argument. It's a bigger issue. Something is bothering. And when I look at this issue, which has, by the way, in our life has gone on forever. I mean, have we forgotten the 60s, the burning down of the cities in the 60s. How did you arrive in Cincinnati the first time you drove into Cincinnati? Actually, that is true. I came to Cincinnati on June 11th, 1967 for the first time. It was, uh, I had a summer internship with a law firm here from Northwestern. And and I arrived in town on that Sunday night. 
And uh, everything I owned was in this little Studebaker lot because I was driving into Cincinnati, and I had never been to Cincinnati. To be honest, I hadn't heard much about it. I knew they lost to the Yankees in 61. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't know much about it, and I saw a sign there on the expressway that said University of Cincinnati. So I figured, because uh, this was a Sunday, and Monday I was going to start with a law firm, I would stop off around the university, talk to some kids, and find a place to live, to stay. And so I, I went down this one street right around the University of Cincinnati, and they had a whole bunch of bars there, you know, typical college neighborhood. And there was this one bar at the time called Duff's. And I go into Duff's. It's about 7 o'clock in the evening, and everyone is hanging around the bar. They're looking at a television set. And I don't know what's going on. And so I go up to the bartender, and I say, I just arrived in town. I'm looking for a place to stay, to live. You know, anyone, any place I can look, you know find a place around here on campus. And he says, I'm sorry, because everyone was looking at the TV set. On the TV was Mayor Backrack. He was the mayor of Cincinnati at the time. And he was declaring a curfew. And he says, I'm sorry, there's a curfew. We've got to shut the bar. Everyone's got to get out. So everyone started piling out. And I got back in my car. But if you've never come into a city, you don't know how to get out of it. So I continued down the road and then made a left on what then was Reading Road and I drove right into the riots. Wow. And I, uh, the police came over and told me to pull over, and the guy said, turn off the ignition and get underneath the wheel. And I lived my whole, not, except for the first five years of my life, I grew up in New York. I never even got pushed into the bushes. And now I come to Cincinnati, Ohio, and there's a riot. You know, if they didn't want to give me a job at the law firm, don't riot about it, but anyway. <laughs> so th there, was, there was a riot, and it got pretty ugly. 1968? 1967. You can look it up, June 11th, 1967. I later moved back here in 69, but this was just the summer internship. So anyway, that's how I got there. I mentioned that, and you mentioned some of these other police incidents, the riots in Baltimore, in Ferguson. And what do I have to add to it that hasn't already been said? Except here's my take. Instead, I'm not going to get involved in the argument about what a police officer did and what was he thinking and what did the kid do and the mistreatment and who, you know, that, there's the bigger issue. And the issue is, and I promise you, this is ultimately going to happen. You know, initially the National Guard will come in, peace will be restored, there'll be curfews and all that, and maybe there'll be a few more swimming pools and a community center and they'll throw some money at it initially. And then we're all going to go on a merry way. And the reason you have the same issue today as you had in 1967 and through the 70s and through the 80s and through the 90s and on and on, and it won't stop, is because as a society, when you talk about race, it, it's such an electric term, but it's not that most whites are going around today, oh, I hate black people. Are there some that have that feeling? Yeah, but that's not what's going on. We have an African-American president. So it's not, you go up to people and say, I don't hate black people. Why are we having all this trouble? We just don't particularly care that much. I mean, look how we build our cities. We build our cities with interstates that literally take you from your job in the office building downtown. You go down to the underground garage, get in your car. Within two blocks, you're on the interstate going around the inner cities and out into the suburbs. And we never 
think about it. We never see it. It's not part of our problem. As long as we don't have to deal with issues of housing, with issues of poverty, with issues of the schools, with everything that people growing up in an inner city, most of them, some get out, some are exceptional, some got lucky, whatever. But most of them, look at this figure. If you take all the white people in America between the ages of 18 and 54, there are almost the exact same number of men and women. If you take all the black people in America between the ages of 18 and 54 that are around to be involved in a civil society, for every 100 black women, there are 83 black males. What happened to the other 17? And the answer is they're either not alive anymore or they're in prison. That is a reality that in our inner cities, more and more people are growing up where they don't have a family at home in terms of mom and dad. So you have more illegitimate children being born. I mean, what I mean by that, excuse me, a child born, no one's illegitimate, a child born out of wedlock. You have more of those, therefore you have a higher degree of poverty, you have less education going on, less role models, you have more crime, all these things. Well, you go generation after generation literally doing very little about that. I mean, we just, the other podcasts were talking about minimum wage. We fight every effort to do something substantive about that, and we fight it. We fight the taxes that maybe would pay for better schools or better housing. We fight the uh, minimum wage. We fight uh, Obamacare. Oh, my gosh. Really? People are going to be able to get health insurance? Everything that could possibly make life a little more bearable for these kids growing up in tough, tough situations where everyone lives on top of each other and very few people there have jobs and they're not male role models. All this stuff. And no one wants to hear about it because right now we just want to hear about why did he shoot the gun and I'm scared to walk the streets and we're in this neighborhood, put the lock down on your car. We're not dealing with it. We're going to have a court decide what to do with this police officer. The poor family has to bury their son. You know, we're going to have all the speeches about that. And then I promise you in six months, we're right back to nobody giving a damn about it. And our politics is horrible because No one wants to really talk about that unless there's a crisis. That's not on the agenda. Can you imagine someone running for president that says, you know what, I really want to do something about poverty in America. That's going to be the number one issue. You know, everything now is, well, we're going to make it, you know, we're going to get a little tax break here and we're going to have, it's all these little details. That's what I think, that's my take on what's happening now. We've been through it before. I've seen this movie. All right, thanks, Jerry. Good thoughts. Let's talk about some music. This is exciting because uh, Mike June is here, and Mike June is from Austin, Texas, and he's out on a five-week tour, and we're very happy, Mike, that you stopped by the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky, and to uh, participate in the uh, Jerry Springer podcast. Your uh, current album is Talking Revolution Blues. Do I have that right? So uh, So you're, you're talking revolution. Okay. Uh, I am not here. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mike, and then we'll yeah. chat about your song after you do it. Thanks. Right. 
Well, I went to my job and they took it away. Yeah, my wife took the kids and she left the next day. She said, You ain't a man if you ain't getting paid. Yeah, I guess it's all love is worth these days. And all I can give is less than they'll take. And they foreclosed on my house and I got nowhere to stay. And my friends and neighbors are all feeling the way. It's like every conversation seems to end the same way. You put food on the table and gas in the tank. Pay off the debt you owe to the bank. You try to swim in this shit. You're already sank. These are hard times. Oh, hard times. Oh, hard times. We're living in We're living in Well, I went looking for work down in Caroline In this town called Franklin near the Tennessee line Yeah, the pawn shop was closed There was nothing to buy like the whole damn town was on the welfare line And I'm talking this old man, he was a veteran of the war Telling me stories about how life was before He said that fucker in the White House is a socialist whore yeah, and I don't believe in hope and change anymore And I said the rich get rich and the poor get poor They line them all up and they send them off to war Nobody knows what we're fighting for These are hard times Oh, hard times Oh, hard times we're living in We're living in Oh, hard times Working two jobs just to pay my rent Take comfort in the few I can call my friends One thing about life, you never know how it ends Better take what you can get and give what you can 
There are families out there that are sleeping in their cars Yeah, innocent men behind prison bars Criminals in suits driving luxury cars Yeah, we better turn around before we've gone too far Cause I looked to God, I couldn't find his face Looked to politicians and lost my faith Tried to love and my heart, it breaks These are hard times Oh, hard times Don't you know these are hard times I was having flashbacks to the, remember that song, The Eve of Destruction? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Barry I mean, That you. was awesome. Talking uh, Revolution Blues. And, and Mike coming down to the podcast tonight on a Ludlow City bus, I could relate coming in on a Gulfstream might be a little harder to the, to the song. My <laughs> Gulfstream's in the shop. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I no, told that, you, I you don't have Jerry. a runway. <laughs> that, that's outstanding. Yeah. Tell us a little bit, first of all, about that song, uh, when you did it and how it came about. Well, that song particularly, and you know, I, I had made I had made three records already, just like you know, typical love songs, whatever. And uh, I I started touring a lot in 2008, 2009, right during the recession, uh, when it, when it hit really bad. And I, I live in Austin, Texas these days. I'm from New Jersey originally, but um, you know, Austin at the time had like this bubble on it. People were moving there and still yeah. are because there were a lot of jobs. So we kind of I, I guess inoculated to the, what was going on in the country. And then you start driving out and you know, I'm not on a tour bus playing arenas, I'm playing in people's living rooms in small towns, driving myself and uh, you really get to see a lot of things going on. I actually edited myself in that song because that song started with, I was in this town of Franklin, North Carolina and this is a town at the time, all the stores were closed. The pawn shop was out of business. Yeah. And that means everybody pawned everything they owned yeah. and then nobody could buy it. So like that's how bad things were. And of course I'm talking to this this older man and he has this like little World War II veterans cap on. And I'm asking him what happened to the town, because I guess there used to be textile factories there and stuff back in the day. And of course you know who he blamed and used the N-word, of course. Yeah. And um, you know, it just I travel around this country a lot. I, I think I get to see a lot of things that people don't see. I play in small towns, big towns. Uh, I've played in the, the living room of a guy in Pecos, Texas, who sells his water to fracking companies. And then two weeks later, I'll be in the living room of a guy who owns an art gallery in San Francisco. Yeah. So I really get to see all, both sides of it. And, um, you know, I just, I'm just trying to be out there reporting what I see. You help us. Thank you for coming and being part of uh, what we're doing here. And we're so anxious to I'm let honored. more that people was, know that about that was what you're doing. Can you take wow. us out on the old uh, Hootie Ledbetter song, Irene yeah. Tonight? Oh, wait, wait. Appreciate let me get the words. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> you want to borrow mine, Jerry? Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he needs the large print. He can't see. I, I was in the days in Indianapolis last yeah. night. Like, mm, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery, sponsored by the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Hope to see y'all again real soon. Now me and the wife have parted We're gonna take a stroll downtown I Sometimes I live in town Sometimes I take a great notion To jump in the river and drown I today deserves quality parts and Napa know-how, but none more than your dream car, especially if you've got it 10 years after it came out. Boy, did your patience pay off, because here you are toting your swagger about town like the gentleman motorist you are at a fraction of the cost. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your dream car running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.